Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 39. In this episode, we are covering chapters 10 and 11 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savayenyi casters. Hello. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excited there. I am. But you know what I'm really excited about? Our listener cities. Um, yeah. Because that's you guys so are so exciting. Because you guys are amazing and you guys got us charting. Mm-hmm. Charting. So what we got. So our first city is Isd. Isd. Yes. Yeah, let's take that one back. It's New Isd. Westminster, California. What what? <laughs> And then we are flying on over to Lima, Peru. That's crazy. That is one of the cities that we're charting in. And Dubai, United Arab Emirates. That is absolutely amazing. No, yeah, that is actually great. I would. I love that. Yes. I mean, Dubai is so cool. Yes. That I've never been, but it just seems really cool. So um, thank you, guys. Um, we're number 69 in Peru for books. Wow. Yeah. What else we got? Do we have anything else? We do. We moved up. We are number 62 in the United States for fiction. That is insane. We moved up a whole point. And the exciting one is we moved up almost 10 points to 56 in worldwide fiction. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) Because we would just be sitting here talking into mics and just discussing this wonderful world. But you guys are the ones that get us charting. Like... We can't say anything about that. That's that's you guys. We didn't do it. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. That means you really love us. You really like us. <laughs> Just like Sally Fields. Yes, girl. So proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Doop. I just clicked your gay card. <laughs> it, was, it was a thumbs up. Way to get that one. And for those of you young listeners that don't know who Sally Fields mm-hmm. is, she um she said that. You really like me when she was getting like an Academy Award or something. She was getting an award. I know that. So she had like been looked over a few times and she was feeling down on herself and As they always, she won. Yeah, she won. I can't remember what it was for, <laughs> but she was in a crap ton of movies. I'm sure all the gays are very happy right now that we're discussing this and then everyone else is like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me, I was at work today and um our big boss wasn't there, so we're able to play music a little bit more loudly. And that's um, always fun. Yeah. So the person playing music, I was like, you know what? Play some Whitney Houston. I'm really in the mood of mood for it. And this girl, I love her to death. She's my girl named Ashley. She says, Who's Whitney Houston? Uh uh-uh, uh, no, she didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, nope. I about dropped. Mm-mm, girl, bye. Out of my seat. Bye. I was like, out the door. I just didn't know what to do. No. Mm-mm. I was like, oh my God. That's uncalled for and unacceptable. Like the voice of an angel and the voice of like a generation. And Mm-mm. yeah, I, so then I was like, well, girl, you got a lot to learn. I got to teach you some stuff. You got to dance with somebody. You do have to dance with somebody. And Lord, <laughs> that uh, that hurts my heart. I know, but hey, we teach these kids, don't we? It's part of our job as old people. Yeah. <laughs> so I am going to repeat something that we discussed last week. If you listen to the podcast, then you heard this. But if you're watching on YouTube, which not a lot of people do, but we love the people that do. We suggest you do. We make crazy faces. Yeah, please do <laughs> if you ever get bored and you want to see what we're doing while we're discussing all this. At GrishaCast. Go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go to YouTube at GrishaCast and watch the podcast as we are just insane. And soon we're going to have a be. We're going to be. We're going to have a set is what I was trying to say. Uh-huh. Okay, so – my whole point with all this is I guess we had like a little malfunction going on last week when the picture of the beautiful charm bracelet and bookmark that we were telling you all about when it went up on YouTube, if you were watching it, you didn't get to hear anything about it. You just <laughs> saw a picture of it and then I don't know what you heard and what you didn't. So real quickly, I'm going to repeat that there's this awesome artist named Mimi Perrin and she's on Etsy. And she's offering a 15% off code. The code is GrishaCast. 
and she's got limited items, um, but she has made a bracelet and bookmark specifically for us, plus some other items. And if you really want to see what they look like, since you can't see them right now, go to our Instagram, and last week's post is a picture of them. They're really cool because they're specifically for Six of Crows and the Grishaverse. Um, I know I went over the charms, so I'm going to go over it real quickly. The charms on the bracelet and the bookmark, there's a wolf for Matthias, a knife or dagger for Inej, there's a heart for Nina, a revolver for Jesper, a piano for Wyland, and Kaz, of course, has the crow. And then we've got to put Kuwe in there so he's got some fire. And then the colors of the beads, this is, I just love this part. She's got black and gold together, representing Alina and the Darkling. And then we've got red, blue, and purple for the different Grisha orders. So full spectrum Grishaverse bracelet and um, really cool bookmark. Yes, it's very pretty. They are, and they're metal and they're neat mm-hmm. and they're just like definitely a keepsake. Yes. So, um, but she is willing to do whatever you need if you have problems getting what you want or can't see when you go to her site. Um, make sure to look for it um, or message her. And her store is called The World of Fandom. That's how you're going to find her. So get onto Etsy, whether on your app or online. The World of Fandom is her store. And it's just really cool. She's offering a 15% discount for you guys, no matter what you buy in the store. Yeah. But she has added extra items because of us. So go show her some love. Yeah. And we know that there already have been some great, there's been some listeners that have banked in on that. So I'm glad you guys got to enjoy that. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So, uh, we got that covered. (laughs) Um, yeah. So crunch time for us. Yes. Because we are interviewing Lee Bardugo very soon. Very um, soon. Which means you'll be able to hear it very soon too. Yes. And, um, Our interview actually is happening not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. So we are um, kind of getting a little (laughs) nervous. Um, We're putting all the questions together. We've taken the questions that you guys have sent. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we can't use all of them because, I mean, we have a certain amount of time with her. we do have a limited amount of time. Exactly. And not all questions can be asked because we want her to respond. And Mm -hmm. we can't just, yeah. So, yeah. But thank you for the ones of you that have sent in questions. It means a lot. And um, anyways, I know that we gave you a deadline of this past Monday, but then that kind of changed. So we can give you, if you by chance hear this and you want to send in some more questions, uh, you can. You still do have that opportunity. Just um, you would need to get it into us by sometime next week. And just remember, we're recording Saturday, so don't send something Saturday. Most likely not Friday. We. Like, we've got to get it together. Yeah. Because our heads are going crazy. We got to get it together and we got to get it together. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Shed. <laughs> Show. Let's, um, how was your week? How was everything? Good? Um, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, my class is a, like the very short class. So yeah. I only have like a week left to do my term paper and interview wow. our author. So, yes, it's a very busy week for me. Okay. Um, but we ha- we're discussing Duolingo. Oh, and my um, favorite. It's always been like a it's a bucket list item for me to actually speak another language. And I was thinking I should go ahead and do French. Yes. But then um, I wouldn't be able to really talk to anybody except for like one person. Me. So <laughs> I'd be pretending. I mean, I'm not great, but so I started Spanish, and um, because that actually is good for my work. And there's a lot of people at work that speak it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can say about, like, two things. So I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> bueno. <laughs> but um, that was pretty much my week is, yeah. Work, okay. work school. Well, that's cool. Spanish. <laughs> well, we have had a crazy week with our child that we love. But, um, oh, my goodness gracious. It has been tough. But... I think we are finally breaking through. For parents out there, I think you understand. It's it's a different situation with us because, I mean, we didn't grow up with this kid. We didn't get to raise him. Um, He is 13 and came into our home. So a lot of stuff was already figured out for him. And we're just trying to help him be a better human, trying to help him be likable so people will enjoy him being around them. We're just trying to do all that. And it's just, it's been a very frustrating year. And 
if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, every once in a while I'll bring it up. I think actually when I started this podcast, I think we just got him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has still been crazy, but I think we're getting to the point we un- – Today was a big monumental day because, unfortunately, we got to the point where we had to keep taking things away, and we ended up having to take away everything, which meant not even books. Yeah. And that was hard. I left him with one book, um, but you just have to understand out there, like, I mean, he was not, he was, he's a good kid at heart, but he's got, he's just, he was just being disrespectful and it was just getting really hard, but I know that he can be better. So that is, I'm talking about this because I've just been stressed out. I've cried this week and that's, what's been going on with me. But I think today we finally got getting through to him because he was really emotional after we took away the books. I was like, Oh my God, I think we got through. Like, I mean, he's, I don't think he's ever been punished or disciplined this much. Right. Consistently. Consistently. And to the point where he literally... backing yourself up. Yeah. Instead of like... Because teenagers especially can keep going with things and push and push and push. And Mm -hmm. weaker people would just be like, fine, do whatever just to get them out of... Yeah. To like stop it because they can't handle it. Um, But you guys are doing the right thing and sticking to your guns. And anyone out there with teenage kids can uh, attest to this as well. Yes. Um, That's... That's... That's it. You are consistent and you show them love and really that's all they need. Yeah. I mean, we told him the other night, the last thing we can take away is books. I don't know whether he believed me or not, but it happened. Yep. So what you say and we will. Yeah. You have to stick to it no Mm -hmm. matter how much it hurts you to do that. Because I was he didn't understand that. I was like, this hurts me, too. And I was like, how does it hurt you? And I was like, because I don't want you having to be like. In pain. I know this isn't fun for you. It's the end of summer. You're going to be going back to school sometime soon. I want you to have a kid life. I want you to have fun. I want you to do yeah. what you want. Like Terry. I want you to do what you want. <laughs> so, yes, it hurts. But um, anyways, groundbreaking day because I think he finally is understanding something and sees like, okay, I really need to get some help here. And I'm going to ask for it and figure it out. So Good. thanks, guys, for listening. This is also therapy for me, so I will send me my bill, yeah. and I will get back to you in a timely manner, um, but wait until tomorrow when my paycheck comes in. So, anyways, we are going to get right on into this, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so we are still in it's part two. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, we are still in part two, or, but we're at the very end of it, so we're still mm-hmm. in a killing wind um, and anyways, we are going into chapter 10, and this is Jesper. So Jesper starts to talk about how Van X plan is going to be messy, and it's because of the time constraint that he has to plan all this. Kaz knows he's going to still try to pull something off. It's just not going to be the most elaborate, great plan. So Van Eck is not going to try anything until Alice is out of harm's way. So they've got this whole plan that they're going to meet up and trade Alice for Inej. But Kaz is smart and knows that, I mean, he cares about Alice, so he's not going to do anything crazy stupid until she is at least off the bridge or gone or safe somewhere. Right. That is when, um, yeah, that is when they will need to remain sharp, as Kaz said. So here is a quote. And sure enough, once Alice and Inej had traded places, some kind of ruckus has started on the bridge. Jesper's trigger finger itched, but his second job had been simple too. Watch Kaz for the sign. Seconds later, Kaz's cane shot into the air, and he and Inej were hurtling over the bridge railing. Jesper struck a match, and one, two, three, four, five of the rockets Wylan had prepared were screaming towards the sky, exploding in crackling bursts of color. The last was a shimmer of pink. strontium strontium chloride wyland had told him working away on this on his collection of fireworks and explosive flash bombs weevils and whatever whatever else was needed in the dark it still burns red end quote so jesper starts to want to go play cards he's starting to like have this moment where he's like i'm in the stave and i usually like play cards and gamble a little bit here that's like any other addict yeah, it just I'm feeling emotions and I need my fix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Well, so he's having these thoughts, and then what happens? Everything goes white. So, here's a quote. The sound was something between a thunderbolt and a lightning crack. It lifted Jesper off his feet, sent him sprawling as a roaring whoosh filled his ears. He was suddenly lost in a storm of white smoke and dust that clogged his lungs. He coughed, and whatever he'd inhaled grated against the lining of his throat as if the air had turned to finely powdered glass. His eyelids were coated in grit, and he fought not to rub at them, blinking rapidly, trying to dislodge bits of debris, end quote. So, so another explosion. He gets up, and he sees that there's another Mr. Crimson next to him with a tear on the mask. So real quickly, I think they described this before and I didn't get into it, that they all, there were a lot of Mr. Crimsons because that's what they were, the costumes were being handed out. Um, But to decipher between their group, they made sure that their Mr. Crimson masks had like a tear on it. Right. So he notices that the Mr. Crimson that's next to him has a tear on its mask. The Mr. Crimson Next to him is actually a Nina, he realizes as he takes her mask off. Nina asks who was who was that, and Jesper says that someone else is setting off bombs tonight. So, I mean, we automatically would have thought it's just Wyland, but no, there's those weren't Wyland's bombs. The white rose now has a huge hole in it. They hear screaming and shouting coming from inside. Nina then says she has to help them. Because, I mean, she's getting nostalgic and wants to go help the girls there. And at that moment, Jesper remembers that, oh, yeah, she used to work there. And I forgot. <laughs> That's what's going on here. She asks where Matthias and Wylan are. Then another boom happens. Lots of booms going on here. So here's a quote. What in the name of every saint who suffered is going on? Nina yelled in fear and exasperation. People were shrieking and running all around them, trying to find some kind of shelter. She pulled herself to her feet and peered south down the canal toward the plume of smoke rising from another of the pleasure houses. Is it the willow switch? No, said Nina, an expression of horror dawning on her face as she came to some realization Jesper didn't understand. It's the anvil, end quote. As she said that, something shot up into the sky. They think it's a Grishan Parem. Then Jesper notices that it isn't just like a normal Grisha. It actually has these metallic wings and is also carrying someone. So flashback uh-huh. to the very beginning very of the book. Very first chapter. Yep. We had some weird person take mm-hmm. Rhett Venko with wings. And, I mean, now we get to find out that they're metallic wings. Yeah, because we were saying Param gives you wings. Right. (laughs) But this is obviously something that has to have been Mm -hmm. put on them or, I don't know, something interesting is going on. This has never been seen in Ravka or the Grishaverse itself. This is new. They figure out that these flying Grisha, (laughs) I call them the Grisha on roids, (laughs) (laughs) are... Not just there, just blowing up stuff and capturing people. They are specifically hunting other Grisha. So, horrifying. Newsflash. Get out, Nina. Get out, <laughs> Jesper. Come on. Let's um get going before you get on mm-hmm. an Amber Alert. Because I don't know if they have Amber Alerts in Grisha. I doubt verse. it. No, because they don't have cell phones. No, people die, like, all the time. So. Yeah. You wouldn't be on a milk carton. No. No. But... I don't know. I'm going to think about that one. I wonder what they would use. <laughs> um, anyways, another, another explosion happens. And this time, a huge man and a huge woman burst from the White Rose. And they get a good look at them, and they are nothing other than shoe. One of the shoes sniffs the air, and this is kind of creepy. After he sniffs the air like a little dog, he then locks eyes with Jesper and starts heading straight for them. Yeah, that was super creepy. Yep, you can sniff out a Grisha. Yeah. Which, How? um, sorry to segue into this. Have you, I know you probably haven't had time to do this, but have you by chance watched that show on Netflix that's new? Um, It's called Cursed. No, I haven't. I well, have heard other people talk about so it. It's so good. Love it. Love, love, love it. Um, but there's a part where there's this character that can sniff out other fairies. And okay. it's just like, it just reminded me of it. So you got to watch that. It is so good. I think it is like Netflix version of trying to do something kind of Game of Thrones, 
thronches, <laughs> but it's very different, but like it looks very good. It's got the gore in it. Like, so they ain't afraid to like cut off some heads and throw some right. blood up in there. Okay. It's a good story. So, um, back in Karisha verse and our chapter. So told you about the sniffing shoe, <laughs> the sniffing shoe, <laughs> the shoe sniffers. Mm. Maybe there's a meeting for him for that. Cause that kind of sounds nasty, <laughs> you know, it is nasty. Sniffing the shoe. Oh my God. I'm not even going to say where I went. Let's not. Yeah. And that's not, but <laughs> it's funny in my head. Okay. Because think about all the things people sniff that are mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, next quote, Jesper had an intention of getting swept up by some kind of shoe bird boy. He <laughs> didn't know where the second flyer had gone and could only hope he was occupied with his inferni captive. The wingman darted left, right, swooping and zooming like a drunken honeybee. Stay still, you big bug, Jesper grunted, then squeezed off three shots and struck the flyer's chest dead center, flinging him backward. But the flyer righted himself in a graceful somersault and sped toward Jesper. Matthias was blasting away at the two huge shoe. Every shot was a direct hit, but though the shoe stumbled, they just kept coming. End quote. Jesper tells Nina and Wyland that they can come help at any time, by the way, guys. <laughs> come on. Bring in the ammunition. Let's help. Let's do this. Hey, come on into the party. We've only got some crazy flying shoe big bugs coming. <laughs> shoe bed bugs. Um, they say they are trying to trying but the shoe for some reason are not feeling it so obviously they're trying to do something but they say that he's not feeling it so that's interesting um next quote get down said wylan they dropped to the cobblestones jesper heard a thunk and then saw a black blur as something hurtled at the winged man the flyer dodged left but the black blur split and two crackling balls of violet flame exploded one landed with a harmless hiss in the canal water the other struck the flyer he screamed clawing at himself as violent flames spread over his body and wings then careened off course and slammed into the wall the flames still burning their heat palpable even from a distance run matthias yelled nina matthias jesper and wylan run down an alley Okay, so this next part I'm going to read is going to actually be ending out this chapter, um, just so we know what's going on, but it's got a lot of information in it, and there is some speaking, so you guys have fun with me while I'm doing this. Nina cried out. Jesper turned. Nina's, oh, quote. Nina cried out. Jesper turned. Nina's thrashing body was covered in silver netting, and she was being dragged backward by the shoe woman, who stood with legs planted in the center of the alley. Matthias opened fire, but she didn't bulge. Bullets don't work, Wyland said. I think there's metal beneath their skin. Now that he said it, Jesper could see metal glinting from under the bloody bullet wounds. But what did that mean? Were the mechanicals of some were they mechanicals of some sort? How was this possible? The net, Matthias roared. They all grabbed hold of the metal net, trying to pull Nina to safety, but the shoe woman kept yanking her backward, hand over hand with impossible strength. We need something to cut the cord, Jesper shouted. To hell with the cord, Nina snarled between gritted teeth. She snatched a revolver from Jesper's holster. Let go, she commanded. Nina, protested Matthias. Do it. They let go, and Nina zipped down the alley in a sudden burst of momentum. The shoe woman took an awkward step back, then seized the edge of the net, yanking Nina up. Nina waited until the last possible second, then said, Let's see if you're metal all the way through. She shoved the revolver directly into the shoe woman's eye socket and squeezed the trigger. The blast didn't just take her eye, but most of the top of her skull. For a moment, she still stood clutching nina a gaping mess of bone soft pink brain matter and shards of metal where the rest of her face should have been then she crumbled nina gagged and scrabbled and scrabbled at the net get me out of this thing before her friend comes looking for us matthias tore the net away from nina and they all ran hearts hammering boots pounding over the cobblestones jesper could hear his father's fearsome words hastening him through the streets a wind of warning at his back i'm afraid for you the world can be cruel to your kind what had the shoe sent after nina after the city's grisha after him Jesper's existence had been a string of close calls and near disasters, but he'd never be sure 
he'd never be so sure he was running for his life. End quote, end chapter. Holy poop. We got <laughs> metal Grisha people. Yes. Like. With it, wings. Yeah. Well, the ones without with, wings. Yeah, the ones without wings have the metal mm-hmm. under them. And then we've got people that have metal. Yeah. The shoe have really like upped their game. They've stepped it up. And these were huge people. So like I think mm-hmm. of something like Terminator like ish. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of so weird. Just when you think back on what we read in Shadow and Bone and the Grisha powers there compared to where we are now. Right. The manipulation of mm-hmm. Grisha power and what people are creating and doing with it. Like because these even seem to me, I don't even think these were really Grisha anymore. I think it, it almost seemed like to me that they were created. Well, like, we will get to that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, girl, I'm just getting, I'm setting answer, us up. I will answer all of your questions. Well, good. You do. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I'm in a little. Love you. Love you. I'll let you tell us all about it. So you just going into your, your long chapter. It is. It's very long. Um, but we'll get through it. It seems like the shorter chapters have all of the action. Mm-hmm. And the long chapters have all of the information. So I have a lot of information. Okay, well, let's we get... We start off part three, which is brick Ooh. by brick. So we're in a new part. New part. And this is chapter 11, which follows Inej. Mm. She and Kaz are moving away from West Stave into the cleaner weft and have changed out of their capes and masks into the dock workers' clothes. Inej's hair is, like, hidden under her hat so that she looks like... A boy, I guess. They're still Stodwatch everywhere, so they have to be careful. Kaz picks the lock on a linen storehouse that has fire damage and it's unoccupied. Upstairs, there's bolts of linen still where Inej can rest. He hands her some snacks and some water, which means he's been there before. And so she understands. (laughs) I know. Snacks? Snacks are love. Yeah. (laughs) And so she understands that this is one of the safe houses that Vanek, you know, wanted to know about. She's feeling weird about looking at him from what she's been through. So she just keeps staring out of a window. But he starts a conversation. And this is where we start our scene. Ooh, right on in the beginning. It is. Who are we playing? Eric is playing Inej. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> and I'm playing Kaz. Because, come on, you Kaz. Well, yes, I am very it's Kaz. so our Kaz. <laughs> so, um, please also enjoy Summoner's Way by Ollie Dodd in the background as we do our scene. So, we are ready. Emmy-nominated <laughs> <laughs> scene coming up for you. Okay, so. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so, curtain up. What did you say to Van Eck on the bridge, Kaz asked at last, when we were making the trade. You will see me once more, but only once. More Suli proverbs? A promise to myself and Van Eck. Careful, Wraith. You're ill-suited to the revenge game. I'm not sure your Suli saints would approve. My saints don't like bullies. She rubbed her sleeve over the dirty window. Those explosions, she said, will the others be all right? None of them were stationed near where the bombs went off, at least not the ones we saw. We'll know more when we're back on blackmail. Inej didn't like that. What if someone had been hurt? What if all of them didn't make it back to the island? After days of fear and waiting, still s- sitting still while her friends might be in trouble was a new kind of frustration. She realized Kaz was studying her and turned her gaze to him. His sunlight slanted through the windows, turning his eyes the color of strong tea. He'll never trade if you break me. She could feel the memory of the words as if they'd burned her throat in the speaking. Kaz didn't look away when he said, Did he hurt you? She wrapped her arms around her knees. Why do you want to know? So that you can be sure I'm capable of taking on some new danger? So that you can add to the list of wrongs for which Van Eck must be held to account? Kaz had been clear about his arrangement with her from the beginning. Inej was an investment, an asset worthy of protection. She had wanted to believe they'd become more to each other. Jan Van Eck had robbed her of that illusion. Inej was whole, unharmed. She bore no scars of trauma from her ordeal on Il Comedy that food and sleep would not ease. But Van Eck had taken something from her nonetheless. 
I'll be no use to him anymore. Words torn from some hidden place inside her, a truth she could not unknow. She should be glad of it. Better terrible truths than kind lies. She let her fingers drift to the place where the mallet had brushed her leg, saw Kaz's eyes track the movement, stopped. She folded her hands in her lap, shook her head. No, he didn't hurt me. Kaz leaned back, his gaze dismantling her slowly. He didn't believe her, but she could not bring herself to try and convince him of this lie. He propped his cane on the floor and used it to brace himself as he slid off the fabric pile. Rest, he said. Where are you going? I have business near the silos, and I want to see what information I can pick up. He left his cane leaning against one of the bolts. You're not taking it. Too conspicuous, especially if Vanek has gotten the Stodwatch involved. Rest, he repeated. You'll be safe here. Inej closed her eyes. She could trust him enough for that. End scene. Oh. Woo! <laughs> I love that guy. I know. I love that he cheers a fawn. It makes me very He's very happy excited. With he, life. Yeah. He's a huge Grisha cast fan. He really is. He wrote in. <laughs> so, yeah, a little moment between them. They're still really awkward with each other. Um, but Inej is going to rest and Kaz yeah. has things to do. So he's like, peace out. Mm-hmm. And we don't get to know what that is yet. So when the sun had set, they left the storehouse and hid amongst the workers that are going home for the night. As they get closer to the tomb where the rest of the crows are, she gets like crazy excited and like takes off in a sprint and throws the door open. And of course, everyone is happy to see her. Oh, girl, you back. Even Matthias. I know. He shows some happy emotions. I'm telling you, honey, come on. Like, Matthias <laughs> is showing, like, he is a totally different book in Crooked Kingdom. He's getting there. He's sweet. Don't you agree? Yes, he's sweet, but he's... Just, are you still just flustered by his past? I guess. Oh, come on. Know. He's just, he's very, um, oh, I don't know what I want to say. He is like that jock, just manly, what, I don't know. Yeah, but he's changing his ways. Like, yes, he even he's... sees how horrible the how horrible it was to be a Druskella and what they like stood for. He's like, I don't know. He's really come far from hating, absolutely hating Nina to wanting to kill her. And now like they're in love again. I mean, they're like together and like the only way he, and he wanted to kill her. That was how he was going to get out. Like, I don't know. I just, I like a good, like, you know, very humanistic story where he has that past and he's getting, yes. Okay. Just like, you know. Don't you love that I just forced you to yes, like. Yes, you did. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very forceful. You, <laughs> I'm aggressive. Yep. That's you. I'm an assertive tough. No. Not. Nope. I know. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> that was so not true. Because lies. I, lies. So many lies. So. <laughs> oh my God. So like Kaz, I'm going to break this up. Like he broke up the happy party. Mm-hmm. And he's like, everyone, you got a job to do. Like, we got a job to do. We Jesper do. says, hold up. Are we not going to talk about what just happened? He tells Inej that the that she missed these two shoe people with wings. And Nina says that they look like moths. So now that's the image I have in my head, that they look more like moths uh, while she's nibbling on her chocolate biscuits. Mm. <laughs> they tell Inej all the things that happened after she and Wylan um after she left, and Wylan explains that the purple stuff was Lumia. You remember that stuff? Yes. Like, remember when we were so out cool. on the skiff? And that's what the Darkling was going to use to light uh-huh. up the skiff. So the um, the eating thing. Oh, my God. Volcra. Yes, the Volcra. Volcra couldn't eat them. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was like And a- it glows purple. Yes. So Wylan explains that it was Lumia, but he changed the formula a bit so that it burned a lot hotter. Which was what they wanted it to be like, but mm-hmm. they couldn't. Do or something? There was some, it was, there was new. Yeah, because it had just been created. Yeah, it was something that like David just figured I'd out. I played around with. Yeah. Yeah. So Nina doesn't think the moth people are Grisha, like we were just talking about. Yep. They didn't have powers, and it looked like they had metal under their skin. Mm-hmm. Kuwe speaks up and says, Kergud. Kergud. He says the government tested Parim on fabricators in captivity to make a new kind of soldier. Nina tells them that Ravka tried something similar after the war by reinforcing skeletons and strengthening bone density with metal implants. And we talked about that in the past books, too, where they were talking about poss- that being a possibility with the fabricators. Yeah. Um, tailors like Jinya would have had to do it since it would require both fabricator and corporal skills 
because you would have to deal with the body and the metal. Cass says it's smart because Grisha on Parim don't live long. So you could give a bunch of Grisha Parim and they could do a short burst attack, but then they would die from being on Parim. So this way, the Shu found a way to keep the power of Parim going by them creating these powerful beings. Yeah, creating like yeah. So they are creating robots. Mm-hmm. We also learn that Cass, through Cass that the two shoe warships from earlier that they had spied um, were they're dry docked by the Council of Tides. They had pulled back the tide on the ships, and the ships are just kind of beached on their sides. Um, Oops. Nina asked, maybe it, could the Council of Tides help them? But we don't know their identity, and no one knows their identity. No, yet. nobody does. Because they're in that tower. Yep. That's it. And they, they're not supposed to, you're not supposed to know who they are. No, it's a very big secret. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, yeah. So <laughs> she's also concerned about Grisha's safety since other Grisha are disappearing and Kaz is like, simmer down. Let's make enough money to relocate. Inez stands with Nina and wanting to know how to help the Grisha, but she also wants to know how to ma- make Vanek suffer because she made that vow. Luminati. Sorry, that's who the <laughs> Council of Tides remind me of. The Illuminati. Okay. Sorry. That was please so keep random. Go- please go on. I just, I had, no, I, read, I, read, I was like, is that a warning? Are they behind me? I don't no. know what's happening. <laughs> no. Sorry. I just, all of a sudden I was sitting there. I was like, what is that word I'm trying to the think Illuminati. of? Illuminati, yes. The okay. Illuminati. Okay, go on. Sorry. <laughs> I promise I won't do it again. Okay, so Jesper obviously still wants the money because he's got two days to deal with his father's loan. Um, Kaz keeps on and asks if anyone even cares what he did with the cash from Pekka Rollins from selling the shares. Everyone answers, and I love these when everyone has their own little answers. Yes. Guns, asked Jesper. Ships, asked Dinesh. Bombs, suggested Wyland. <laughs> Political bribes, offered Nina. Except this time, Matthias doesn't say it's ridiculous. He just says, that's reasonable. <laughs> Kaz doesn't care. He just says... Sugar. All right. Keep up with me here because <laughs> this, yes. is, this is a little complicated, and I'm going to try to break it down for you. This is very complicated. It is. It, it, it took me a couple of times to read through it. Okay. So he bought shares in Sugar and placed those shares in private accounts for them all under aliases. Who did again? Kaz. Okay. Kaz did that. Okay. Van Eck owns one-third of the world's sugar silos. Okay. Where all the sugar is stored. Got it. And a little bit of the sugar inside his silos. He pays a ton of money to keep them secure with security. Um, and the merchants who own the rest of the sugar in his silos pay him a percentage of their sales. Okay. If for some reason, wink, wink, something happened to the silos that Van Eck owns, the price of sugar would skyrocket because now we have less sugar in the world. Right, because he owns all of them. No. He owns one-third of all the silos that hold the sugar. So so if there were like 100 silos, then he owns like 30 of them. I don't know. We're talking about Van No, 90. Yes. Okay, okay. Math is not good. I shouldn't have said that. Just completely erase that from your head. So the shares that Kaz bought for sugar are for sugar that are not stored in Van Eck silos. Gotcha. So all the sugar that's outside of Van Eck silos is what he bought the shares in. So if Van Eck's silos are destroyed, mm. their shares go up at all least right. 20%. Yeah. So then they can sell at a huge profit close to that 30 million Krug that they wanted. Makes sense. So Kaz and Weiland already have a plan that involves a chemical weevil... <laughs> Oh. By the way, a weevil is a beetle. I went and looked that up. Hmm. Jesper wants to call it a weevil, and Wyland says no. No, no, no. <laughs> Not how you say it. Um, Wyland says he got the idea from a bacteria that can ruin a whole crop. So this little weevil chemical can be dropped in the silo, and it will burrow down, reacting to the sugar, and it will make it a useless mush. It works with any sugar, so he says keep it away from sweat and blood. And mm-hmm. one vial can be used per silo, and it will look like an accident. Until, Kaz interrupted, the other merchants learn that Vanek bought up all the sugar not in his silos. He used half of the money to purchase the shares in Vanek's name. Oh. Analysis. 
That is smart. So when it goes down, they'll investigate the silos closely to see what happened. Right. And they will find the remnants of the weevil, which will prove that Van Eck tampered with them in ah. order to get money from the from this other sugar. Love it. He'll be charged with violating a contract and interfering with the market. In Kirch law, there's no greater crime. This is like on the same line as murder. And yeah. he could hang for it. But if he doesn't, he will at least be banned from trade and the Van Eck Empire's done. And that's going to that would ruin him. Absolutely ruin him. So to get to the silos, they are Inej is going to climb up one of them and then high wire to each of them. Inej says, I don't need a net because Gaffas don't use nets. But Kaz insists, and that's not like Kaz. But he's like, dude, you just got back from this terrible thing. Right. <laughs> and you've only got a little bit to rest. So we're going to put you, we're going to give you a net. We and he's already it. placed it. Yes. After a short pep talk, they all agree that they will act on this plan in 24 hours. Nina, however, stands up and she says, I'm only going to do it if I can get all the Grisha out of the city. Kaz is like, nope. Good luck. So Nina says, fine, I'm out. That's a no from me, dog. Kaz says, fine, I don't need you. So uh, then Inej stands true. up and says, but you need me, and I'm with Nina. And of course, this changes Kaz's mind real quick. Like, he Absolutely. doesn't even argue. He's just like, okay, so what's the plan then? Fine, we got to figure <laughs> this out. Let's just add more plans to the plan. I know, and this was like a really fast plan, too. It is. Again, this is another plan you got to keep up with. Yep. Nina says there are about 30 Grisha in the city and there's a tavern near the Rovkin embassy where they leave messages and exchange information for each other. Um, but they need a ship to get to Rovka. Okay. So Kaz says the only ship that could possibly get through Van X watch would be an actual Stodwatch ship. Spect can forge documents and supply orders. Kuwait chimes in, hey, I want to go too. Hello. <laughs> so Wyland's like, oh, but how are 31 plus people going to be kept a secret on a ship? And Kaz says, oh, we'll just forge a letter from Van Eck to the ship's captain promising to pay well and to use the utmost discretion in transporting these, quote, valuable refugees. Excuse me. Excuse me. All they, let's not. Oh, that's a, I know. That's a thing that's going to get started. Yeah. All they need is Van Eck's seal. Unfortunately, Wyland says this is in a safe that can't be picked by Kaz and is reinforced with Grisha steel. Wyland then suggests that he can make a different kind of weevil to burn through the steel in a matter of minutes. Oh. And this leaves me with the quote that closes out the chapter. Ooh, okay. Without damaging the contents inside, asked Nina. Hopefully. Hopefully, repeated Kaz. I've worked with worse. We'll need to find out which ships are departing for Ravka tomorrow night and get specced started on the manifest and papers of transit. Nina, once we've got a vessel chosen, can your little band of refugees make it to the docks on their own, or will they need their hands held for that too? I'm not sure how well they know the city, admitted Nina. Kaz drummed his fingers over the head of his cane. Wylan and I can tackle the cafe. We can send Jesper to escort the Grisha, and we can map a route so Matthias can get Kuwait to the docks. But that only leaves Nina to distract the guards and work the net for Inej at the silos. The net needs at least three people on it for it to be worth anything. Inej stretched, gently rolled her shoulders. It was good to be among these people again. She'd been gone for only a few days, and they were sitting in a damp mausoleum, but it was, still felt like a homecoming. I told you, she said, I don't need a net. End quote. End of chapter. Oh, wow. So we've got... <laughs> So many plans. Yeah, we got two plans. That in we... that chapter, that was a lot. Well, I mean, but we got, we got a nudge back. We do. We I do mean, have a nudge back. And seriously, I remember when I first started this book, I thought like that we were going to be pretty much reading this book going to get a nudge the whole time. But like um, it happened so quickly. Mm -hmm. It really does. I mean, she gets cut. She cuts right to the chase and she's got. I was reading some of the interviews, and she, like, when she was writing Six of Crows at first, she didn't know she was going to really, like, have a duology. But then the way, like, it was ending, she was like, I can't, there's so much more stuff that can't, has to be told. Right. And um, that's where, like, that's what this book is. This is going to, like, end where these people go. And it's just kind of cool. And there's so much more action. And this book is amazing. It, just going to let you know, 
There's some tears that will be shed. <laughs> um, it is a good book. Um, we're so excited. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. I started reading um, The Language of Thorns, which is her fairy tale mm-hmm. book, um, and I am loving it. I've always wanted to read it. I just wanted to wait till the perfect time. I never knew when it would be. Um, so I just decided to start it right now yeah. because trying to get mm-hmm. ready for it. But it's the stories that our characters right here would have heard growing up. Right, yeah. It's beautiful. We will cover that book, by the way, yes. in this. And Terry, you're going to love it. It's, be- it's just I'm very excited. Well, it's the writing you would love. Okay, good. It's like really cool, like dark fairy tales. Good. Yeah. I'm excited then. Okay, kids. So you know what time it is. It is that time, that special time for... Greasy Cats News! <laughs> so, hi. That was beautiful. Yes. This is your anchor, Eric. <laughs> um, in Grisha Cast News, we have, um, okay, so we did have some cool stuff happen. Um, ben Parn, Ben, Ben Barnes, Ben Barnes put out this Instagram video, um, and was showing him going into like post production where they are going over the lines that weren't caught on camera mm-hmm. and they were recording it again. So, that's really cool, but at the same time, it made me sad because I'm like, oh my god, we're still not close. Yeah, we still have things to do. But we know because Lee put out information not that long ago saying it's going to take longer. COVID mm-hmm. had, even though they got done filming in time, COVID has still had a huge amount of effect on this production. Right. But um, it's it's exciting. We also um, got some new information. I don't know whether this is new or not. I feel like I've read this before, but it's going around again. We've we know that it's an eight episode season, but we got the names of the episodes, and supposedly, and I think these are great. So we know that episode one supposedly is called a searing burst of light, which automatically makes me think of just the beginning mm-hmm. of Shadow and Bone. Then we know what episode five is going to be called, which is Show Me Who You Are, which could go either way. I yeah. mean, it reminds me a little bit of Shadow and Bone, where like maybe um she's trying to get that um the power out of her like you know like um she's trying to teach her um alina how to get that power you know show me who you are like give me who mm-hmm. you really are like okay. get, yeah um then we've got no mourners mm-hmm. we know who that what that's gonna yes. be about ot kazatia which is awesome because yes, i mean that's... we know mm-hmm. what that is um that's gonna be about mal and him her being in love with him or something the heart is an arrow i don't know who knows where that can go? Yeah, there was. I, I actually read a few discussions on that title. That and, one? The yeah, Heart is an Arrow? Yeah, because a lot of people were a little confused about that one, about like what exactly it could be about. See, so. I didn't read any of the discussions. Okay, that's interesting. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. So then we've got, this is a great title. Oh, well, I love the next ones. Um, the Making at the Heart of the World. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's obviously about her power and, I mean, just going deeper into the Grisha power itself and how it's made and probably a lot about um, the saint's life that she learns about. Don't you think? Maybe. Oh, well maybe no, that what I don't think that's shadow and bone. I think that's further along in the story. Yeah, Sorry guys. So um, or wait, no, Mort's over. We've got to learn a little bit about him in the first story because she's got to go after the, she, kn- she hears that name and she knows a little bit, but she doesn't know everything, but a lot about that. The making at the heart of the world is like a, a phrase that I think they use still. I think so too. Okay. And then the next one, the unsee. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to see that. I'm so excited. Um, and then we're all someone's monster. A famous, amazing line mm-hmm. from like, oh, come on, Darkling. Yeah. Bring it to me hard. <laughs> so that is just cool. Um Let's go on into some listener thank yous. We don't have a lot, but mm-hmm. I would on Instagram like to thank Shadowbone Netflix. Thank you. And then we got an email um, from Emily Cotrufello. Thanks for loving our podcast, adoring it. As you said, we are happy to be able to help you read along with the books. She said that she um, she loves listening to us uh-huh. because we pretty much help her get through the books without having to sit down and do it. Exactly. So... <laughs> That's what we're here for, girl. That's awesome. Um, 
So one thing that I'm excited about for our interview is coming up with some really good Feared and Mary kills. Yes. So you know what? That's what I'm going to ask of you guys. Yes. If you guys can send me some Feared and Mary mm-hmm. kills that you think would be really cool to ask, ask Lee, that would be great. And it can be anybody. Remember, we can do anybody. And, you know, she is in love with, like, Holly Black or really good friends with her. So I'm thinking about combining some with, like, you know, Cardin and Jude from those stories. Like, just some really cool ones. Um so but, send those to info at grishacast.com. Ding. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And if anybody has an insight of how to become um, a subscriber for Fairy Loot, please let me know. <laughs> I have just found out about this subscription box, and I made this huge list of all these ones that I want to be a part of. And the Fairy Loot is the main one, and then there's one like Faye something, but they won't accept subscribers right now and it's pissed me off i even sent them an email that was like look i am a huge fairy lover and love this stuff i want to be a part of it and i just feel like i'm just like going to be thrown into the stack of everybody (laughs) i can't believe that you sell something and you don't have enough to give more i want to give like i would pay double like (laughs) i even sent that in the email like i've got my money i will wire it to you i'll give it to you in cash if you meet me out in the parking lot (laughs) but anyways frustrated in eric land because it's something i really want i would that is so my gig yeah it is it is so frustrating yeah (laughs) okay so it's been a great cast it has we've learned a lot we have and um so next week kids we're only going to do two chapters 12 and 13 they're not as long um but Remember, we're getting ready for Lee Bardugo. So we've got to, we're going to at least still do our regular podcast, but we've got to spend a lot of time because next Saturday, (laughs) Terry and I are going to be horrified. We're going to have to go get massages or something to relax ourselves before we get to talk to her. We're very excited, but come on, this is a big moment. And what's going to be even bigger, it's going to be on YouTube. So you guys will be able to actually watch it and see her face Mm -hmm. and her reactions as she listens to me stumble over my words. (laughs) Because you know me, I stumble over everything. And me just staring at her going, wow. Do you think we should do and a forget s- that yeah, I have to talk to her. Should we do a scene for her? Should we do something for her that would like be like, hey, we want to show you how we'll much we We'll figure it out. I know. This, we shouldn't just discuss this on the <laughs> podcast. Sorry, guys. Love you. Um, okay. Well, it's been a great episode. Thanks for listening. So um, I love you, Terry. Love you, Eric. So we will see you all next week. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, YouTube at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast. Special thanks to Ali Dodd for the use of Summoner's Way. <laughs>